You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is a podcast where we deconstruct these white savior films and recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And it's spooky season. And we've got... Ooh. We got a... It's not, a, it's not scary. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably scarier than anything that happens in the movie we're talking about today. Um, but yeah, we've got, we got a movie today that is uh, questionable in a lot of ways and we're going to talk about it but uh first of all happy halloween everyone uh, yeah hope, happy halloween hope you're my fellows i was going to say my fellow spooks yeah, mm, and then mm, 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 mm. damn <laughs> you know i ain't gonna say nothing um <laughs> so yeah we're, we're gonna talk about a movie that came out in 2021 called karen which is yes in a way we're gonna get into it. There is there is even some white savior elements to it. I didn't think there was, and then I because I had seen this movie before and I forgot the ending, and then I was like, oh, they even kind of did that too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it is a movie that I think is is. I don't know if it's worth talking about, you know, in the I, sense uh... of like discussing it as like a film. Uh, but I think okay, sure, cinematic, right? But I think it is interesting in the context of our podcast to, to talk about it. Um, Cause we, we were looking, I mean, it's the same thing with Christmas, right? We're looking for white savior films that fit into the holiday theme. And right. Right. There's, there's not as many as you think. So sometimes we have to kind of go outside, <laughs> you know, our normal box for it. But before we talk about Karen, there is a question that I wanted to, to pose to you, Cameron, which okay. is Karen is, is obviously a get out inspired film and the director 100%. coke williams that is his real name i think <laughs> is, is is very adamant that there's something very real about the coke <laughs> i'm sure coke williams is very adamant that it is not inspired by get out it's not the same movie uh there's so many differences which he's happy to list for you you know he says you know jordan peele kicked down the door you know for for coke williams and others to come through um, we will have a discussion about that briefly, but what I did want to ask though, is that get out is, is kind of the preeminent like black horror film, definitely of this decade, but like maybe just in general, right? Like when people think about black horror, it's like, Oh, get out. Like that's, that's it. Right. That's the movie. Yeah. I, I would be tempted to say blackula, but blackula has definitely been eclipsed. Blacklist been like, it it's been eclipsed, and I don't even know like because white people have seen Get Out. You know what I mean? Like I don't think white people have watched okay, Black. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean? yeah. But um, but also, but it's it's been on the, put on the pedestal almost to a point that you can feel Jordan Peele trying to escape it in real time. You know, because he made oh definitely he made us, which is kind of like okay, this is kind of what that was, but a little different. And then he made Nope, and he was like, all right, so. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did that. So here's the thing. I'm just going to make movies now and like, all right, bet. Right. <laughs> and, and there was a lot of backlash against Nope because people were kind of like, so what's the message? Like, what are you trying to tell us, Jordan, about black people? And he's like, right. That we're in movies. 
Uh, <laughs> and have been since the advent of movies. No, but like, what social theme and message do you have about America? Like, what's the racial connotation? So he's like, I'm just making, look, I'm making movies, y'all. Can I? I'm a nigga who makes movies. Can I cook, please? Yeah, <laughs> like, let, let your boy, <laughs> let your boy breathe. But it feels like that's kind of where we are with Black Horror, where it's like, these studios are actively looking for the next Get Out. They want a movie that has... Hungry for it. Yeah, social messaging. So much so that we've gotten things like them and uh, plenty of other, you know, get out light movies. Sorry, I had a little lean of weight (laughs) in the back of my throat. I couldn't get it out. But, (laughs) so my question is, like, what what do you think is that next evolution that kind of gets us out of this space? Not to say that you can't have black horror that has the social commentary to it. Um, but more so that like this expectancy of black horror to now be a socially conscious because that message that, movie. no other, you know what I mean? Like freaky Friday or freaky doesn't have shit to say about anything. And like, uh, <laughs> you know, like there's, there's tons of horror movies that come out every year that are just about this motherfucker is scary. You know, this motherfucker is going to come out and like kill you. And like, that's what the movie's about. Like, there's no, I, I, I think that was malignant. That was, that was definitely malignant. I remember people being like the villain at the end of the movie is crazy. And I'm like, yes, saw the movie. Wasn't he crazy? I'm like, Oh, that was the movie. That was it. That's all you wanted. Well, it was maybe trying to raise awareness about tumors. I don't know, but like, go get checked. I guess go get checked. <laughs> but yeah, like, a lot of horror movies can just be scary. Right. But black horror now is expected to be also like have a message that like, Woke. you know, and horror historically, right. Has been a vehicle to have conversations and speak to things and like, you know, definitely explore fears. Right. Because that's, you know, really what the heart of horror is. It's like, how do you, it's one of the pros of the genre. Yeah. Right. How do you, how do you, um, you know, look at, real world fears and things that you know scare us as people but maybe aren't necessarily like you know a monster or anything and then you can attach that as metaphor as symbolism etc etc right but it feels like black horror is like if it's not that studios don't want it right like they yeah if it's not about black people being black then why why are we well not even just being black but like we we have to talk about racism though like, okay, you know, yes. if racism isn't, which is, which was part of my complaints about the new Candyman, because it felt like a lot of that stuff got shoehorned into the film, probably at the behest of the studio, where I think that, Definitely. yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Because even that, when that movie does try to interrogate those things, it feels like the weaker part of the movie. Yeah. And the scary stuff feels like the stronger parts of the movie. Like, if it was more concerned with exploring the Candyman, you know, mythology. Legend. Right. Like, that would have been something. But then it kind of veers off into these, you know, elements of, like, the police and, you know, all this other stuff where it's, like... Gentrification and... Yeah, but it doesn't really have any... Projects. It doesn't have anything to say about them. It's just, like... and, And look at this. Isn't that bad? <laughs> oh, no. And people are like, that is how white yeah. people treat black people in America. And look at this. Look at look at that. Shame. Uh, Detroit. Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, what do you what do you think that next evolution is, or like how do you how do you think filmmakers and creators could kind of open up that space again so that we can't just make 
niggas go to a lake and something spooky happens and like it's you know we we can enjoy it instead of like there having to be a message about the environment or you know something else attached to it i feel like there has to be like a like an inception like an incepting Mm. uh, quote unquote from the movie that i don't think that's a real (laughs) <laughs> well, Inception's obviously real. We're not going to get into that sure. anyway. But yes, you, I feel like the genre has to be incepted mm, a little bit. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, okay, so like, so like the the present state we're in is kind of like everything has to be like <sighs> horror movie, but black horror movie, mm. but black people inserted in situation right and black people's perspective on said situation i feel like until you get kind of like the inverse version of that so say for example you just get a black version of the thing right not even black horror movie but place the black or horror movie but place the black people in it sort of like the blackening right yeah where you've got you know people in a cabin people that went up to a cabin but this time they're black Right. You know, now I feel like in order to change, I feel like you literally have to do black horror movie like uh, Black Chucky or Black Freddy. I feel like we have to do that yeah. in order to get to the and this isn't me like shucking and jiving for the <laughs> studio system, you know, fuck all that for real. But I feel like until we make like a Candyman again or another black horror villain or something like that yeah. we're not going to be normalized right or uh, black people aren't going to be normalized in the genre and until then you're not going to get movies where it's just like sort of like karen's situation yeah where it's just two black people that moves into an odd situation which yeah. doesn't work to this movie's benefit and we'll talk about that too right. because there are moments in this movie where the characters are doing things and you're like you you're obviously not black people because if you were black people, you would do the opposite thing that you're doing right now versus like later on, I feel like in this, you know, hypothetical situation we're talking about, I feel like five years down the line, black people could make those black people mistakes in movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, even though they, I don't think we would, No, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But we would be allowed that because it would be normalized by then. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I feel like that was a long way around no, to yeah. get to the answer, but... Well, because, I mean, like, when you bring up The Blackening, I think we'll talk about that a little bit later, too. Like, that's a movie that is intentionally investigating and interrogating black tropes in horror, right? And, like, right, you know, right, right. making fun of them, but also, like, um, you know, using them as jumping-off points to do other things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting, because, like, Black people didn't make Candyman, right? That was Wes Craven and a guy from the UK, right? So it was like, um, you know, something that that we were a part of, but like didn't come from us, you know, specifically. Mm -hmm. And when you think about stuff like there is that movie on Netflix last year with David Harbour and like the black family, uh, who like, who is it? Oh, we have a ghost we have a ghost i watched that and that was another one where it's like i mean literally no black people were involved in the other than the people in the movie you know in the movie um you know and that and that movie kind of has the similar vibe right like those black people in that movie moved into a haunted house but they're like 
hey, the house works. We have shelter. Yeah. I, I have a nice house, you know, has a creepy, you know, attic where my son goes every now and then. But, like, I am proud of my house. Right. There was, it, and we kind of didn't go back to that. And then hijinks ensue. So you're kind of like, yeah. by that point, you're so far gone. It doesn't right. even matter. Uh, but that's kind of the fantasy world that I think they want to live in. I feel like, and this is more of a state of movies situation but like like why is tika sumter in the sonic the hedgehog movie sure, right right it's the kind of same thing where like okay if you want to put random ass tika sumter in the <laughs> sonic the hedgehog movie then put like google and batha raw and like you know a random horror movie with another dude yeah you know if it's gonna be that if you're gonna be that randomized about it yeah then just be random just, just, just live in that world where, like, you know, black people own the occasional house, white people own the occasional house. Yeah, you know, if it's gonna be as, if it's gonna be random for you for Sonic the Hedgehog, it might as well be <laughs> random for, you know, Megan too. When we right. Make that. Well, because I think part of it is, and this is kind of, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put on my academic hat for a second. You know, I was okay. watching this Toni Morrison interview. Mm, <laughs> yes. But she was talking about how, you know, in order to to help her escape the white gaze, she read a lot of novels by African writers uh, because there aren't there aren't white people in those books. That's about Africa and African people. (laughs) And I think when you look at African horror, you know, and and, and things like that, where it's it's just about black people and blackness and they're bringing in either like myths right from from African lore or, um, you know, using just general circumstances or setups that just we're black people and we're doing these things and this is you know african from a cultural perspective you know like it has a lot of the things that you know are real to african culture and speak to what it is to be african but you know it it's not centered on white people or the white gaze or you know bringing any of that in and i think that's part of what Fiction generally, you know, how you kind of escape and move away from that is like, not even like, well, just get, take all the white people out of it, literally, you know, but more so like, what is it that you want to talk about in terms of, of black people or like ex- expanding the imagination of what blackness right. is and what, what it can be? Because it doesn't necessarily have to, like we've talked about before, I know we're on a show right now talking about race and and all that in film but like black people don't sit around talking about white people and racism all day you know we have a lot more on our minds you know what i mean like those are things that happen because it's survival like we need to know and like we need to you know like talk about and you know like we do think about (laughs) it but if we sat around thinking about it all the time like that we we couldn't function we couldn't live you know you have to be able to kind of you know put that in its own little box and then you know take it out when you need to but when it comes to to horror and fiction like black people are scared of the same things that anybody else is and we have the same fears and feelings and emotions that anybody else has and like just being able to put our perspective and spin on that i think is kind of what it needs to be because Mm. you know while larger studios may be looking for something specific i mean again you think about get out was not a major motion picture that was a very small film made on a small budget you know yeah. from from blumhouse you know who makes other small budget horror films yeah didn't they, didn't they make that 
I don't want to check the budget. You don't have to check the budget yeah. right now, but I think it's like eight million. Yeah, no. I think it's like under ten. So you know, I, I'm I'm all for more black people not only getting into horror, but like, you know, if you can find a way to do a movie that maybe doesn't require because that's the the thing about horror. That's why a lot of people want to get into horror because it doesn't cost a lot of money to make the movies. You know, uh, notoriously the cheapest genre. Right, and so like it is an avenue, and that's why kind of why I advocate for it too is because more black people can get in that way. You know, mm. if if we're kind of creating these these really good horror films, and that's on a level of acting, that's on a level of writing, of directing, of producing. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. why, you know, I'm I am guilty of it because I love me some Tubi, and so I've watched all of the Chris Stokes thriller horror films and the you know like all of these really low budget bad motives movies, which oh motives when the bow breaks uh, when the bow breaks oh <laughs> uh, whatever that movie with taraji and no good deed right with taraji and idris uh, no good deed I, I did see no good the deed. perfect guy uh Ooh, bring me back you know what i mean like all of these movies that are just like they're not good <laughs> <laughs> i enjoy them because they're bad but but you had me wanting to fire up a BET plus description hey, all of a sudden. Come on. <laughs> um, but but that's the thing though, like they get made because they don't cost right. a lot of money. You know what I mean? And so I think for black people trying to change that narrative of you know, because even like I read the book, I haven't watched the show yet, but stuff like uh the other black girl is still mm. in that vein of get out kind of like right, you know, politic as horror genre um that i was gonna bring up that show but i i know that it's doing the exact same thing that get out did. yeah which again it's fi- like it's not like from a female perspective yeah and it's a show and and so. it's and it's like we don't have to cap it like get out isn't like the end statement on yes race and horror <laughs> like we can do more well, i thought it was <laughs> i thought it was sorry but even again, not a movie made by a black person. But when you think about *Night of the Living Dead*, which starred a black person, like that was a movie that had racial implications as subtext, but wasn't the text. As subtext, right. yes, as as subtext, right. because you you watch that movie and it starts straight up. Right. That guy is like fucked. Right. <laughs> and then, oh, then it becomes a problem once he gets in the house. Yeah. Once he realizes his uh, his location. Right. Right. The house. Right. Um, well, we've avoided it long enough, but let's talk about Karen. <laughs> Ugh, we don't have to. We, we got to get into it. Uh, for those <laughs> who are blissfully unaware of what we're talking about, 2021, Karen came out. It was a movie that had a lot of viral attention intentionally, I think, you know, from the director's standpoint and from, you know, the, the production team behind it, you know, like they really were trying to drum this up. It is it is what it sounds like. It's a movie where there's a racist white woman, a Karen, who's literally named Karen, who is terrorizing this black family, but like not really. Yeah, terrorizing. I, we'll talk about it because I, for me, I was kind of like, I don't know if this is doing what this movie thinks it's doing. It's it's doing <laughs> things, but um, but it came out in 2021. It is really you know what, what really got it all the notoriety is because it does star Taryn Manning. Uh, who was also a producer. Uh, it also stars mm. uh, Cameron's favorite, Corey Hardict, uh, <laughs> Jasmine Burke. You mean Mr. X Tamara Maori? <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I'm sorry, Tia, Tia Maori. My fault. My fault. Let me get it right. And it's and it's ex Mr. Tia Maori. Written and directed by one Coke Daniels. Uh, <laughs> that is his real name. And it it got picked up by BET. You know, so that's where all the streaming came from. And I mean, there there's a lot to talk about, but not in terms of the film. Right. Like there's a lot to talk about around the film, the movie itself. Yeah, sure. Well, there's some things I do want to talk about with the movie itself because it has all the trappings of a terrible black movie that I do love. Uh- <laughs> it really actually the thing about it is that it feels more like emotives mm-hmm. or like, uh, you know, yeah. when the bow breaks, yeah. that it does feel like an actual horror movie. Right. But, right. You know. Karen, I believe it is your turn to do the five minutes. It is you... my turn. I'm so sorry, everybody, for the next five minutes. Yeah. Or ten minutes. But uh, really, no, we're going we to get it. because it's not a lot. Not a lot happens in this movie. And they do get straight to the point, which yeah. I do love. Um, yeah. So whatever you're ready, we could do that. All right. Three, <laughs> two, one, go. All right. So off the off the rip, the movie has a lovely opening image. Love this. Uh, I actually, five minutes aside. This opening image got me. This opening image is better than the whole movie. It's, uh, so we're, we open on a, a street, uh, with some sidewalk chalk on it. And of course, it says Black Lives Matter, all caps. And we just sit on it for a couple seconds before Karen comes in with a big old bucket of water to scrub that shit off her sidewalk. She don't want no parts of that. I'm going to pause the five minutes immediately because. The question that came to my mind is we're you're about to you're about to introduce our main characters who are just moving into the neighborhood. So who put that chalk on the right. sidewalk? Because them niggas don't live there yet. They don't live there. Is that a, like a welcome sign? I who is don't, what is that? I don't know because nobody else like we we learn in a in one of the stunning unsubtle dialogue exchanges in this movie <laughs> that no black people have ever lived in this neighborhood before. Ever lived in the neighborhood. So before. where this Black Lives Matter chalk came from, because it looks like a child did it. It looks like like a kid right. went out in the middle of the street and did that. Um, and we don't get any explanation for it because, like you said, Karen just washes it away before anybody... Washes it away. Yeah. Uh, but continue. <laughs> okay, so... Uh... We we learned that this area is the uh, it's a suburb of Atlanta, uh, Harvey Hill, named after a Confederate general. Love that Harvey Hill, Daniel Harvey Hill, um, and the president of the Harvey Hill Homeowners Association is of course Yo Girl Karen. Um, so right off the bat, these two move in. We got aptly named Malik and Imani. Mm-hmm. Got got to get a Swahili name in there. Um uh so that there we go uh, off the bat. Uh they move in and it's, you know, they get shit off off the bat. Uh Karen, you know, she doesn't want to shake their hand. Um she's installed a bunch of cameras in her house. She start. She installs the cameras in her house, and she points one directly at their house, like right at the window of their house. Yep. Which she gets a little bit of. <laughs> she gets a little comeuppance with that later. Uh, there's and basically the first like thirty minutes of this movie is like multiple like microaggressions mm-hmm. that they experience. Uh, I know. Uh, 
uh, Malik goes to play basketball. He sees one of the neighbor kids is playing basketball. It turns out to be Karen's kid. Uh, they start playing a little one-on-one, and it gets a little too close for Karen's uh, comfort. She tells her son to leave, but then asks Malik to, like, fix the uh, antifreeze in her car, yeah. replace the antifreeze, and splashes him with the antifreeze all over his shirt, and then offers to help clean it off. Yeah, she, by, like, caresses you know, offering... his arm, like, in a way that's, like... Yeah, that was... Yeah. Ick. <laughs> and then tries to, like, coerce him into the house. Where he can wash his hands, even though he lives next damn door. He can wash his own hands and clothes. He says that he can wash his own clothes mm. in the washing machine, but he still goes over into her house. Into her house to find out that she has security, to find that she has these security cameras everywhere. Oh, and also that she's got like a, what, a Confederate soap, soap dispenser. dispenser. Yeah. <laughs> Just if it wasn't clear that she was racist. She's got like the memorabilia, but it's actually not even that bad. Like if I went in that house, yeah. I'd be like, "Oh, this bitch got a racist." It's the uh, kind of joint that you could like turn around and nobody would know, and then you could turn it back when guests leave. Right, she could have <laughs> did that, but you know she was sending a message. Yes. Okay, so we get past these microaggressions; they grow worse and worse. And actually, uh, the camera bit does pay off because we find out we see later that, or they're trying to have a little bit of personal sexy time in their own house. These two black people. And uh, while Karen's walking around doing the rounds in her own house, she sees that her son is, like, getting an eyeful, checking out the the neighbors Mm. across the hall. And then she says, hey, hey, go downstairs and take out the trash. Do something else. Get out of here. While she watches herself. Nasty ass. Well, because the subplot between Imani and Malik is they're trying to fuck. Oh, yes. (laughs) Constantly. Because... They want kids, but they don't. It's a very confusing. But they say it, but they also don't. They don't go go back to it a whole lot. But yeah. it is a subplot that yes, they're trying to have kids, so they are. They do have sex like the one time. Uh, uh, there's also another microaggression where uh, this one is a micro. It's a little bit more macro, but uh, this is Malik in his car. You know, trying to you know ease the tensions of the day. He's Enjoying himself, you know, a little bit of marijuana in his car. That she gets the knock, knock, knock. Mm. Hello, what are you doing in our neighborhood? And they have a whole conversation about the marijuana that ends with just, hey, just it'll be our little secret, you know. Yeah. But try to keep it to a minimum, even if it's in your own car while you're playing loud rap music in my neighborhood past yeah. eight o'clock. But even even Amani though comes up to him afterward. And she's basically like, stay off the weed. <laughs> so Malik can't catch a break, you know? Yeah, even Imani and Stephen A are coming for him. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so there's also another bigger aggression, actually. Uh, these are a little out of order, but they all kind of happen in the first like chunk of the movie. Uh, Karen... Uh, goes to meet her. Is that her sister? That's her sister. Uh, that's just a regular. That's just a regular white woman. And so it's another white woman. Yeah, that she we're knows. already past five minutes, but also continue. <laughs> oh, sorry. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. So at the restaurant, uh, she sees two black people, and I don't know if I've seen this guy before. Hmm. The, the black dude who's just minding his business. Yeah. Joke. This is the funniest joke he's ever heard, though. They they are laughing. They asses off yeah. at this table. Karen's like, y'all laughing a little too hard for me. 
I need y'all quiet that down. And she's, and you know, this guy looks at her and is like, oh, I see you already. So you know what? I'm going to be a respectable black man. I'm going to put on my Cosby hat and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you that we're going to laugh at whatever we feel like laughing at. So, you know, Karen goes back. And then, you know, they laugh a little too hard again. She goes back to the manager. She goes to the manager, finally gets the manager, gets these two black men kicked out of the restaurant. Yes. And then they get this little signature shot of him banging on the window behind her like, I see you, bitch. Well, and we should, I'm going to see you later in the movie. We should also add who, who Karen's brother is because he is a large part of yes. this film. So around the middle, they let you know that Karen's brother is indeed a cop. And this guy, he ain't no actor, man. This guy <laughs> is living the life. Yep. He, he, I don't know if anybody, uh, you know, I know this episode is evergreen. I know, but if we've been watching Love is Blind season five recently, <laughs> we've got a possible Jan Sixer out here. Yeah. And uh, these guys look like their family. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> if you've seen JP on Love is Blind season five, then you know who I'm talking yeah. about. So. Basically, JP is a cop in the neighborhood and Karen's brother. And uh, he's ready. He's itching. He's itching to take somebody in. He's itching to put a knee on somebody's neck, if you know what I'm talking about. So it kind of comes to a head. There's a a housewarming party that Imani and Malik are going to throw. And also, they invited, turns out they only know the other black, the only three other black people in their neighborhood, even though they live in a suburb of Atlanta, but whatever. So they also invite, it turns out, the two black people from the restaurant. Uh, but they're having their own good old, good old time. You know, they're playing some music. They're playing spades. Uh, and knock, knock. Somebody's got a fruitcake. Yep. <laughs> it's Karen. Karen's got a fruitcake. Oh, and no one is happy to see her at this party. Of course. Uh, <laughs> well, of course, because it's a bunch of black people. And then the one white person who shows up is Karen. Yeah. And also... I love this, that everybody acknowledges this, by the way, in the movie. Everybody says, wait, she a bitch, and she's a Karen, and her name's Karen? My guy from the restaurant does a whole fucking who's on third routine. Uh. (laughs) They did that. They really did. Karen. No, the Karen. No, that woman over there, her name is Karen. Yeah, but what's her name, though? But what's her name, though? (laughs) Wait, she's a Karen named Karen? Well, damn. (laughs) Well, damn. dialogue in this movie it's amazing we need to put the dialogue the script in the library of congress we need to do that shit right now well right, so, i will say i will say i, I don't want to i want to step on this part for you but the, there's a no, part no, no, in this dinner sequence that i love if we're talking about dialogue where uh of course karen comes into the party right when all the black people are talking about the latest police altercation with you know a black person in atlanta and this black woman sums up her thoughts with, you know, like, you know, black lives aren't disposable. And the guy from the restaurant looks at her like he coined the phrase and said, yeah, black lives matter. Oh, wow. <laughs> with the straightest face. I felt that D-ray running through my veins right there. <laughs> cold. I need a Patagonia. Like, oh, it, like it just came to him in the moment. My dude invented <laughs> abolitionism. <laughs> Uh, he invented it, he but that, it. but that, and you can you can carry us from here, Cameron. That allows because the the line is literally made and put in the movie for Karen to say, but don't all lives matter? 
<laughs> so she tosses it right back to him. And yes, of course, they get into an argument. <laughs> they get into an argument. It doesn't go well. She basically, they just kick her out of the party. She goes as far as to say they should go back to Africa. Yeah. I love I love the line delivery, though, because they ask her, like, go back to where? And she's like, Africa? Africa? <laughs> like, it's a question. Like, she was like, wait, that where did was, they go? Yeah, that, that had me, that had me toast. Where are these niggas from? Africa? <laughs> but she doesn't say it like the mean question, like, Africa? Like, duh. She says it like she doesn't know. <laughs> she's like, wait, where? Africa? <laughs> Like that's that's right? good enough. <laughs> Which is also how I feel that like white people actually think about that when they say like go back to Africa. Like you think they want me over there? I don't know, man. Do they? Just there's a lot of places. It's big. It's a big place. Pick pick a country. It, pick a state. It actually it actually feels like a more nuanced line reading. Even though I think she was just like asking like a question. It felt like but the she, it felt like the line on the cue card was too small, and she was like Africa. Africa? Yeah, okay. Africa. Africa. <laughs> Go back to Africa. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so she gets kicked out of the party, but mm-hmm. you would think the altercation would have happened at the party. No. Mm-hmm. Instead it happens right after she leaves the party, which is crazy. She goes somewhere else in her own housing yeah. uh development, like basically to the playground and runs into these three uh, young black people. Well, there's one white guy. I thought he was light skin. Mm. I thought he was Sean King. He had a real worry, worry and mall look to him. Like he might have been. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. But I do love our main guy, though. Our main guy was cast perfectly. My guy was. <laughs> Were you a TikTok abolitionist once? I was, sir. <laughs> I have a role for you. Um, so Karen <laughs> walks around the development. She runs into these two black guys and a white guy who is not Sean King. And um she asks them, Do you live here? My guy with the quickness is like, I live here. Do you? Ma'am. I live here. Do you my dad is a such and such, ready to just like tell on himself, tell everything, right? Karen is like, I don't give a fuck about none of that. My co- my brother was there on January 6th. Yeah. Hello? Watch these white tears. <laughs> Watch these white tears develop. Go ahead and film me. Film these white tears in 4K. Okay? Because they're going to be the key to your <laughs> to your jail cell, brosif. <laughs> so she basically calls up her brother. Her brother is like, my knee, with the flying V yes. knee across town, puts it on this dude's neck. Arrest these kids. And it becomes like you know it's on the news immediately. Yeah, uh, they go they go to jail. Uh, it, it off of that, it, it kind of doesn't look good for your girl Karen. The homeowners association is like you called all this like bad you know juju to us. Mm. You brought all this uh, bad press, and we can't kind of can't have you here. Yeah. she's like, what? I I started this. There wouldn't be a homeowners association without me. This is. Put some respect on my neck. I am Karen. They made this movie about me. So, you know, she goes out. She goes out not so gracefully, but she leaves nonetheless. Uh, Boom. Also, uh, newsflash, turns out the father of that kid was a guy. It turns out he was a lawyer. He's a famous civil rights lawyer. He's a prominent civil rights lawyer. It's almost like he's the Ben Crump of this movie. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But go ahead. 
He's played by a dude who was on like three episodes of The Wire. Yeah. I, I'm just, but he also has no point being in this movie. No. This man, he they could have found an Atlanta nigga. Yeah. He was he was not busy these three days. No. Either way, uh, so the civil rights lawyer is like, nah, uh, uh, and gets you know these three kids out of jail. And uh, how do we? This is this so is where I guess Karen. How do we get Karen to is looking for revenge because she's she's yes. upset about everything that's happened to her. She feels like the world is coming down on her. She's so she calls her brother. Yeah, right? like she's had several yes. other awkward instances with Malika Imani. Her daughter was talking to Imani. And was like, my mom's actually racist. And Monty was like, no shit. Oh, they uh, had the heart to heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they had the heart to heart. And, uh, you know, Amani has been like, we should leave. Like, we should move out of the neighborhood. Because, right, that was the thing. Amani was haphazardly Imani, there. Amani saw yeah, the arrest. She was haphazardly yes. at the arrest and helped film it. And so, you know, Karen knows that and is like she also filmed it and didn't post it she filmed it yeah. and just had it yeah but karen is now out to get her and malik specifically and so she because we we saw malik on the weed um earlier in the movie she's like i know he's got he's got that loud in he's the got car. some he got that um and so she has her brother and his, mike mike's the brother mike the and uh the one good cop on the force yes so this movie <laughs> i love i just love the cinema cinema craft going on yeah. here because this movie makes a lot of like real quick breakneck decisions mm. to make sure the plot makes sense for the rest of the 30 yeah, minutes yeah, you're watching yeah, this yeah. thing so like okay so the three kids get arrested and it's obviously like a bullshit arrest and we literally get like one shot of the other cop looking at the arrest like hey man i don't like that yeah and that's all you need and i'm white so and I'm and I'm white, so I'm an ally, bro. <laughs> and so he like literally, basically like tosses the kids in jail and like walks the other way, but not before the other cop goes like, "Hey, man, I saw what you did there, bro." And Mike's like, "Hey, if you got a problem with how I do these things, look at the badge, okay? Mike, Mike, this is a brotherhood." Mike says something. <laughs> Mike says that, and the civil rights lawyer alludes to him being in some secret police brotherhood, and I'm like, "Nigga, that's just the cops." That's the cops. That's all of them. There's no, You're so right. There's he no does secret do like the, order of like. I don't know. Who. That's that's what they do. I don't know who they're associated with or whatever, but like, and then cut to the next scene where this guy says brotherhood like three times, yeah. and then we cut. I thought to, he was talking like, about the clan, but apparently they were just talking about police. And I was they're like, talking about police because the next <laughs> shot is of him in the bullpen with the thin blue line upside down, uh, American right. <laughs> which is just like all the wrong messages yeah. being said that's that would never hang in there <laughs> oh my god just incorrect anyway anyway karen calls the cops on malik and they find that sweet sweet green yeah. in his in his trunk uh probably planted definitely planted uh and the 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 good cop sees this, but again, it's only like a cut to it. It's only like a a quick cut of like his discerning face, and I'm like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. So anyway, uh, Malik gets arrested that night. Karen is like, I'm not done. I invited myself over with a gun, got a gun, huge. Well, gun. before that, so Malik gets arrested. Then they go see the the civil rights lawyer, and then. Uh... <laughs> We will, we will talk about these two songs in depth oh, in a minute. Oh God, no! But 
Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> but there's a song by CeeLo Green uh, asking, how did we go from Chains and Whips to Chains and Whips? Uh, to whips and, whips from Whips and, and, and Chains to Whips and Chains. To whips and Chains. <laughs> when Malik is getting arrested. And then he gets out. The civil rights lawyer gets him out. But then they come back again with a search warrant and find okay, something at yes. his house. And then, like, basically a slave song plays. <laughs> like a yeah. gospel slave song plays as he gets escorted out of the house and then karen is like perfect timing like she's all alone yeah. i got that thing on me uh let's go see what's good <laughs> the thing is bigger than her face by the way it's like a huge fucking gun for the one person sam ass gun right <laughs> <laughs> yo her foghorn leg one ass anyway <laughs> um so yes so uh Malik's still in jail that night. Karen is at the house. Karen decides to go over there. She cuts the power, lights out, hmm. and Monty's like, "Uh oh, what's what's going on? What do I do?" She f- gets the sword that's on the wall the, by the, the way. Ethiopian the Ethiopian sword. The Ethiopian sword has been sitting on the front of their door since like the top of the movie. That only one person questioned. Yeah, I think it was Karen herself. Chekhov's Ethiopian sword. Chekhov's <laughs> Ethiopian sword. Oh my god. Okay. So, neighbors call the police because the neighbors see something's going on. Uh, but who are the police? Mike, hmm? But who are the police, Cameron? But the police is... the poli- Oh, but the police is Mike. Yeah. But the police, is, the police is fucking Mike, of course. <laughs> Mike goes over there and he's like, all right, let's just do this job. Let's just finish this job, right? (laughs) It is so funny how this plays out. So it's basically like (laughs) Karen has got the gun pointed at Imani. She shoots her, shoots Imani. You think she's dead, but it's obviously a shoulder wound. so, So obviously a shoulder wound. She goes down behind the bed. Karen is like, yeah, got that bitch. Psych. They rush in, but it's not Mike who gets the first, who gets to draw first. It's the nice cop. Yeah. And the nice cop sees that a bullet was fired, like, in cop fashion. So he's like, all right, somebody fired a gun. It was probably her, because the other person's on the ground. Fires at Karen. Kills Karen. Oh, no, no. But then... He shoots her brother right in the forehead. What? Yeah. The brother gets shot right in the forehead. Uh, Wait, but how is that a mistake? Well, so like he comes in and he's okay, like, "Okay, play this back for me because I saw this three three days ago. <laughs> okay. and I forgot." So yeah, Mike, Mike, and Karen are like have shot and presumably killed Amani. Good cop rolls up and he's like, "Yo, what's going on here? Oh, like there's a woman this? on the ground. Is she okay? We should check her pulse." And they're like, "Shut the fuck up with that. Just leave. Like we'll handle this." So he's like, "Oh, oh but yeah, you're not good. You're a bad cop. Like I don't trust you." And he like pulls the gun out. And they have a standoff. Yeah, and he's like, Put yeah, the they gun stand off. So then, good cop shoots Mike in the forehead, in the in the face, <laughs> and uh, Mike shoots him, but only hits his vest. But then Karen Boom. is like, "You motherfucker! You killed my brother! I'm going to shoot." Stands you. over him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you you hear the gun go off, and you think that she shot him, but no, no, no! It was Amani no. who wasn't she dead. Got up, and she shot Karen. Karen. I don't know where she shot her, but she's dead. Dead. Uh, <laughs> so Karen dies, but then we get my favorite. But she managed to get that iced tea uh, New Jack City speech off. Yeah. I want to shoot you so bad. But then we get my favorite scene of the movie, Cameron, which is the ending press conference. Can oh, you God. describe this yeah. for us? Because <laughs> this who who actually, for real, for real, shows up in the movie? 
this this end of movie press conference is like the end of that movie we watched here on Deadly Ground. Mm-hmm. If Al Sharpton directed it, um, so it's so Malik's out of jail. Imani's in a sling. Yeah, we got the civil rights lawyer, but we also have a musician. But we also have the real life Ben Crump. <laughs> Delivered. That's who that was. Yes. I was like, "Who's this fifth nigga?" But so, like, the civil rights lawyer has been jettisoned to the side for real life civil rights lawyer Ben Crump to come. Oh my in god! And give the final speech of the movie. Oh no! Because see, this is why. This is the the other real life thing was the other thing that I was like, "Please leave this out of this," which was that they renamed the community after John Lewis oh, in the montage. Yeah. Oh and God. I was like, leave John Lewis out of this. He did not need to be mentioned at all. Yes. <laughs> leave him in the ground. Leave him alone. Well. But yes, that is Ben Crump. Holy shit. <laughs> that's Ben Crump. And what, <laughs> and, and, and what yeah. is happening on stage as he's giving the speech, Cameron? This man, there's a musician on stage <laughs> playing the song we're hearing over the speech. I think he's played America the Beautiful on on his saxophone. <laughs> no, he's playing a trumpet. He's definitely playing a trumpet. Whatever he's playing, <laughs> he's playing like some, yeah, like either America the Beautiful. Yeah, I think he's playing America the Beautiful. <laughs> like the soulful version, like the fucking uh, Marvin Gaye. The Brent from Marcellus version. Yeah. The, oh, the, the Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye the basketball version. game. You know what I mean? 15 minute version, the sexy version. And then over this speech about black black people getting their rights and, and having to, you know, fight back against racism in America. And then we end with. Amani and Malik. Amani is not just pregnant, but she's like about to give birth. About like it's just well a birth. minute away, and they both <laughs> look directly at the camera. At like, the camera, and that's that. <laughs> that is Karen. <laughs> now, Woo! what we fail to mention here is one of my favorite elements of this movie it's insane and it like it's brought up but like there's no explanation to it that is ben crump in this movie <laughs> i'm sorry during the conversation they have so they do they do it twice they're trying to explain why karen is racist and why she hates black people and apparently her and her brother used to live in a good neighborhood until yeah. black people moved in and then it was bad because crack and so Crack. she, her childhood was bad because black people made it bad or she had to leave or some shit that was never fully explained. But then and also, yes, my favorite also, element is that her husband allegedly was killed by, quote right. unquote, the black vigilante. <laughs> yep. A black mass crusader. Just out of nowhere. That's all we and got. For no reason at all. That's a, it's, a, it's a brief clipping yeah it's a brief news clipping that we see where she we learn that her husband has been killed by a black vigilante a black vigilante that's that's it you're right that's all we got (laughs) so it's just like okay but that is also kind of like karen gets more character development than either of the black leads like which is we know more about her than we know malik is a nigga (laughs) 
<laughs> yo, Malik is a nigga, yo. For real. This nigga ain't got no job. Well, he works I, at I don't know He works job. at the community center. Stop. Doing things. Stop. He started the STEM Stop. program. Because that's what they said. Yeah. That's what they said. That's the what you said right there is what they said in the movie. They said he works at the community center doing things. He started a STEM program. That is the entirety of it. That's we know he likes to get high in the car. Cause he yeah, because he's too busy working with all them mean ass community center kids that's, trying to teach them math. That's about it. Amani, my other favorite line <laughs> Malik comes home. After getting out oh. of the car, she hasn't made dinner. She is a blogger. That's what we know about her. Like, yeah. you know, Karen is like, what does your wife do? She's a blogger. Boom. That's it. He comes in. She's blogging on her computer. <laughs> she's like trying to ask her about dinner. And she's like, I'm sorry, honey. There's so much going on in the world. <laughs> so much going on in the world. You know, I, she's but, got a blog. But then has the nerve to do like some random toxic masculinity on her. Like, you know, sometimes I just expect him to be, you know, cooked. I'm like, why is this scene in the movie? But then he's like, no, it's okay. I'll just eat this apple. And then, like, yo, the fucking passive aggressive. Because also, she doesn't respond to the passive aggressiveness, too. She, it, it, they play, they move on. <laughs> they fucking move on. He just takes a big fucking My bite dude out of says, this apple. <laughs> I just wish my blogger wife would have made me dinner. Instead, I'm going to just eat this fucking I'm apple. i take a big old bite. Take a big old bite of this apple. And hopefully it will nourish me. That's all we know about her, though, is that she's a blogger. And love, and and this. both of them are woke. Oh, they, And they, they tell each other that they're woke. I love that, yeah. too. And that's it. And they're black. We know that. Those are the things we know about these characters. This, this movie is crazy. Actually, now that now that you've got my brain working about this movie, there's so many deep, deep flaws. But I still enjoyed it somehow. Well, so let's let's talk about. I know that's I know that's later. Well, but. yeah. Well, let's talk about like again. Clearly, this movie is trying to ape Promote. off of. Uh, get out right like no matter what Coke oh, Daniels yeah. wants to tell you this movie is clearly taking inspiration for that and trying to be evocative in that same way and yet it's got it's got the depth of like a Charlemagne hot take you know what I mean Oof, like that's yeah. about all it has for you yeah. you know because it's like yeah. racism is bad <laughs> and it happens to black people sometimes and there's white women that will like not be nice to you at times and it's like that's all it really has to it doesn't have anything to say oh so like the 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 the, the uh message is that racism happens and you should be prepared for that you should you should hire ben oh Crump yes the, yes the message <laughs> of the movie. if anything it's a ben Crump commercial i couldn't believe i just didn't recognize yeah. him in the last well, because, seconds of that movie because like let's talk about all the things that karen does because that's that's the thing for me where it was like when you're talking about this being a horror movie, right? And like this being not even like scary, but like unnerving, yeah. right? Like Karen is mostly just a regular white woman for about yeah. 90% of the movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like nobody in this movie is a real person, right? The way that people talk okay. to each other, like nobody has these conversations. Like, again, even when they were talking about having a baby, like the way that they were talking to each other was like, I don't like, <laughs> what did he say to her when she was feeling insecure about him and Karen? He was like, you're a beautiful, 
black, yeah. Nubian, woke, queen, educated, woke. queen. <laughs> like you just listed adjectives. That's that was literally the line I thought to myself: Who did a white person write this movie? I, I didn't question it until that line. Well, but but it's because he says so many things that it's like out of sync. It's just like you are a beautiful, woke, black. Nubian, educated, queen, educate, like successful. But did queen come after educated? I don't or know. Come before educated? Like, what are you saying, I know, bro? I know like, black woman was like the kicker to it all. Yeah, but like definitely, and woke was the one that got me because I was like, you. How many times have you heard a black person say woke to another black person? But how many? And how many times have you heard a black person say Black Lives Matter to another black person? Like a declarative yeah. statement in like in a party, like. <laughs> I've I've been to parties with like people who were in the group and people who were like I've been to fundraiser parties and like no one no one turned to another black said, person and said hey black lives matter you know what Jordan they do <laughs> never not zero times zero times so Carrot is a cartoon character right like Easy. but the move that that's what's that's what that's why the movie doesn't work right I, actually that's that's what the movie feels like though it feels like uh, a Roadrunner well, Wiley Coyote cartoon, but all the all the acne gadgets are racism. <laughs> racisms <laughs> are microaggressions, and they all blow up in their face. Yeah, and they all blow up in her fucking face. Well, so here's the thing: this is equivalent to the Ladies Man and Magoober and like all sure. of those SNL skits yeah. that should have only been SNL skits. And I love the Ladies Man. I can't defend the Ladies Man. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> I just love Tim Meadows, but like, yeah, shout out Tim Meadows. But the thing about those movies is like, even though it's the joke and the joke gets run into the ground in like the first five minutes of each, like there's a sustainability in the sense of this is a pre-existing thing that you know. So you're coming to see. You have that. Right. The lady yeah. coming to see what crazy things Tim Meadows is going to say as the ladies' man character. You're coming to see what dumbass you know contraptions MacGruber is going to make. You know in this movie and like again, even though yeah. it, like in the first five ten minutes of the movie, you're like, well, I th- I think I've seen it. You know, what I mean? oh, there's another hour fifteen minutes. And you can actually say that. That's like literally every SNL movie. But it's like, damn, this movie is an hour and a half, and it feels about an hour and twenty five minutes too long. well well, it feels like and i think this was his intention it just doesn't make for a good movie it's that he had every sequence ready Mm -hmm. you know he had the sequence where uh do you live here and then somebody was going to tape her and then somebody was going to tape her white tears they had the oh uh Hey, I just wanted to make sure, you know, knock on the door, see, mm. like, hey, I just wanted to make sure everything was okay. Uh, they had to call the cops, except the cops actually came. I, honestly, the only nuance out of the movie, what, to me, felt like the fact that she had a cop for a brother. Yeah. Because it felt like, okay, how do I pull the two together? Because Karen can't be a cop. Right. But cops out there doing Karen shit. So how right. do I pull the two together? And I'm not necessarily saying it was a genius move by any means. It's definitely not no stroke of genius. I will not be giving Coke Daniels that by any stretch of the imagination. But it felt like the only thing in the movie that felt like, okay, let me pull something from the outer world and like twist it just a yeah. smidge to fit it in the movie. Well, this seems to be Coke 
Daniel's writing philosophy. I know writers who use subtext and they're all cowards. Right? Because he's like, look, dog, <laughs> we're not what? even none of that. All, none of all that. that's for every literal. This hey, is what hey. it, this is it. <laughs> Do you mean what you say? Yes. You better mean what you say. Because it's like you're saying, like every scene is teed up and ready to go, but every scene plays out literally the way that you think it's gonna go. Like if you just that's, like Yeah, that sucks about If it, I yeah. if I said, What do you think is gonna happen in the scene? You could predict it a hundred times, you know, out of a hundred. Like there would yeah. never be any there's because because like that's the thing. In real life, not necessarily Karen wins, but like Karen calls the cops on a kid who she thinks stole her cell phone at a hotel. But then the cops come and they tackle that kid and they interrogate yeah. and question him, right? Yeah. Like Karen accuses somebody of doing something to her at a Victoria's Secret, and the security comes and removes that woman from the Victoria's right. Secret. You know what I mean? Like, because real life, you know. So it's like she she doesn't do anything. She's like an inconvenience, and she's like, yeah. you know, uh, clearly like hostile. But like nothing really bad happens to Amani or. Uh, Malik until she gets them arrested you know what I mean like uh, yeah and that's yeah. like it, the last 10 minutes of the movie <laughs> and that's the thriller aspect like and then it goes full thriller which I you know what this movie is bad by the way do not <laughs> everything I say from now on do not do not take as I love this movie I fucking hate this shit yeah. but I was entertained I'm sure but the last 10 minutes goes into it like she, when she threw her head back, yeah, when she's pointing the gun at Imani and she's like, "I'm here," <laughs> and goes like well, full crazy pants, I was like, "All right, you tried something, you did something," because you could have did nothing. Well, so let's talk about Tara Nanny because she she understood the assignment. Nobody else, yes. including the filmmaker, understood did. what this movie was, right? Because that's yes. what is disjointed about it. She is playing a cartoon character like a cartoon. You know what I mean? She's like right. going in all the mannerisms and like she's just this kooky white lady who she's playing her like um old girl and ma, right? You know, where oh, it's yeah. like Don't make me drink alone. <laughs> it's like she she knows it. She she's like she, her don't drink alone is they call I called him a nigga. I don't know. <laughs> her drinker, I mean it's it's like don't all lives matter. You know what I mean? Like she's like she knows the pitch to be yes. at, but like everybody else is playing it either straight or like either they super serious. don't know what to do. You know what I mean? They're kind of they're confused about how because like Malik and Amani will go from like almost slapstick like sitcom couple to like serious, terrified, uh you know what I mean? Like, like sometimes within the scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the the, the last or the second, the scene where Malik uh, answers the door before he gets uh, mm -hmm. arrested. Yeah. It's literally, they're sitting there doing nothing. And then there's a knock on the door and he like kisses her on the forehead. Like he might as well like walk <laughs> out of the scene and the commercial plays after that. Like it, it feels so empty and like, you know, toothless yeah. in the scenes where we're not trying to be a thriller. But then when, like, the bad things happen, I feel like Coke is uh, scrambling a little well, bit. Well, because they, like, again, all these imagined storylines about, like, 
Oh, I thought you wanted to have a baby. Well, you know what, baby? There's racism in the world. Maybe now is not a yeah. good time to have a child. And I was like, you're right. You're right. At what, at, what, at what point in American history are you planning to have a baby? <laughs> right, because that baby going to get called a nigga. <laughs> from, <laughs> Regardless. From, from the beginning of the country until now. So you really aren't what you know, but like, but there's all these like they have to fight because there yeah. needs to be something happening between these characters, right? Like they need to get into an argument. There needs to be some divide. Like there's again like a weird subplot where it's like Karen wants to fuck Malik. Yeah, that's so weird. But like, not, but it should be like not only is this it, movie should have that plot, or but it's plot but it's like never. It. It's not only is it never acted upon. You know, like it's kind of like hinted at, but never yeah. like taken up. But like, Amani is threatened. <laughs> I mean, right. she's like, this aged like milk white woman is going to take my man from me simply because she lives next door. And it's like, I, not to quote Malik, but like, she is a beautiful black woman. Right? Like, yeah. Taryn Manning looks like she looks like, a, like she's designed to look like Karen. You know, like team Karen, oh, did, right? You know what I mean. They like, did it. They did it great. They gave her the fuck ass bob. Right. They gave, they gave her this strong black hair, strong, strong bob. Right. Uh, she looks like she smoked three cigarettes before every take. Right. <laughs> like, like she's got the tone of voice. Like you said, her pitch is actually like perfect. Yeah. For this. Because it's like not screechy, but it is like gravelly and mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even when she's trying to be nice, because that's the thing. So, if, if it was, if it was like a Lena Dunham Odell Beckham situation where she was like, you know, right, right. There you go. he there wants you go. to fuck me. You know, I see the way that he looks at me from across the yard, like the way that he's just like high, <laughs> staring yeah, I, into space. I don't even see you. <laughs> you know, but she's like, but, he's leering. Could, could, you imagine, you know? <laughs> could you imagine Lena's just like, oh, he's he wants it. He wants it so bad. Then he goes over there. He's just like, I don't, I don't even see you. Yeah, he's like, I. I'm so high. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the snacks. <laughs> uh, but that's the thing. Like it, everything, everything, it does everything wrong. You know, everything that it should try to turn on its face. Cause it, it, it's either going to be a satire and it's not, cause it's not funny and it's yeah. not like, Oh my God. Uh, and, and, but like this, even when it's trying to be funny, yeah. remember that exchange of dialogue with the, the other neighbor who was like, Oh, the new neighbors, they're black. But even that felt like what? it was like a straight, you know, like a straight conversation. She was like, oh, did you notice they're black? They're there black. haven't been any black people around. It, diversity is good for the homeowners association. Like, we should. And and to be clear, this woman is, I think, Asian. And like, oh, yeah, one of the yeah. only other people of color in this movie. There is apparently a Mexican member of the homeowners association because somebody says something to the effect of well they're not mexicans and then they pan to this guy who i'm gonna assume is supposed to be mexican and he's kind of like offended by it too but like, my name is horatio yeah, you know what i mean my name is jeff <laughs> <laughs> oops who's racist now cameron but but you're right they like the people don't act they kind of don't act like they're in the real world but no. they're saying real things yeah. Like, um, actually, my biggest problem with the main characters is that the black woman does not see, like, the full buffoonery going on here. Yeah. Like, 
She she would probably call it out before Malik's dumbass. Yeah. Malik would probably be. Malik was would a dumbass. Probably, yeah. I mean, Malik is a dumbass. He went in her house. Like, why yeah. did you go in Karen's house? You would never go in Karen's yeah. house. Like, even especially if this white woman is trying to have sex with me. Yeah. Like, my wife lives next door. You you obviously don't respect that. Karen. So like, well, because uh, earlier when Amani installs the home, like the home security system. Oh yeah. And that like creepy ass nigga is like. Yo, you're just my type. And she's like, I'm married. He's like, exactly. That's my type. <laughs> that's my type. My type. Yuck. What? You know, and that's, again, supposed to be funny, I guess. It's supposed to be, yeah, it's supposed to be funny. But again, it's delivered like super straight. Yeah. Like we're living in the real world. But again, this movie, like, okay. So like that, I think that's the biggest problem we're running up against with this movie. Because it is stupid. Yeah. Like, please know this is deeply, deeply dumb. Yeah. But I there's moments in the movie where it doesn't know whether or not to be dumb. Or maybe there's a dumb moment and it was directed seriously. Or a totally earnest, serious moment that looks dumb. And, and But the latter being that whole whips and chains sequence. To, oh my god. Okay. <laughs> first of all, first of all, CeeLo, you fucked up. That song is bad. You made a bad song. You made a bad song. I'm going to tell it to your face. But- but let's 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 have a let's have a but, serious discussion about this. But he thought he had a bar. But did he? He thought that was a bar. Was that a song? That he sings it hard like he thought it was a bar. He did. But was that a? Do you think that's a song that existed previous to this movie, or do you think that's a? One hundred percent. Let's look it up right now. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. CeeLo is full of lines like that. CeeLo would do something like. But that's what I'm saying. Like I. After Naros Barkley, I have not checked back in on what CeeLo's been up to. Listen to the lyrics on those Naros Barkley records. You'll be surprised. Oh, no. I, you know, but I'm saying, like, in terms of, like, checking in on his catalog, I am not current on what CeeLo's been up to. So, like, this movie came out in 2021. So, like... Oh, wait. So, yeah, actually, I think CeeLo's last record is I know he did, around he did a country record at one point. I believe. But then he also did like a, he trying to be Leon Bridges. Yeah. After Leon Bridges. And then I know there was a Goody Mob reunion, but like, yeah, this sounded like some unreleased CeeLo, like, you know what I mean? But again, like the whole, we went from Chains and Whips to Chains and Whips and like, like uh, you said, singing it, singing it earnestly and put in the movie as like, this is what the movie's about. You know what I mean? Like, Cause there's a lot, this is the thing, right? I watched too much Coke Daniels interview before we Too much. came on i should have stopped at one but i watched like three uh, <laughs> oh, no. but like i can't i can't i can't tell because the movie says hotep right like the movie says this nigga is on some not maybe not on some yakubian mountain type shit but like definitely thinking about like africa as like the motherland and like what like respectability for black people because that's the thing like this movie is leans heavily into respectability right like when amani is like get off the weed you know what i mean like (laughs) if you're just if if you're yeah if you're married to this man and you're saying you can't smoke weed you know what I mean? Like right. in the way that like you can't drink or you can't, you know, I'm not, I am miles away from Steve Harvey <laughs> in terms of like relationship advice. But I would say 
if you're in a relationship with somebody who there's a difference between hey like you got diabetes or something like you probably shouldn't be eating x y and z right i'm looking out for your health like you know that your doctor said don't whatever or just like i don't like somebody who smokes weed but this man clearly wants to smoke weed (laughs) let this man live let this man this this is not an ideal relationship situation you know what i mean in the same way that if your partner was like i just want to stay in and play video games all day and you don't like video games well that's clearly something they enjoy doing right so like if you're gonna get on them about it like that's going to be a constant battle between you two which may not be worth having so like if this is such a big deal because like the way that she says it isn't even like you know you know i don't like you smoking weed it's more like I told you about that weed because that's how they get you. The cops are going to come. You gave them you gave them permission to come and arrest you by smoking that weed. It was basically like her argument to him, which was like... 100%. That, that was her first thought to come back <laughs> to him. But this is a black woman talking to her contemporary black man, her black modern black husband. Why did, why did you smoke the weed, though, in the car? Why, why couldn't you... That's crazy that she, like, her whole character don't make no sense. She questions the smoking weed. She, it's. It should have been like, that was my weed in the car. Why'd you smoke my weed? You know what I mean? You have your own. (laughs) I told you about that. That's a fight to have as a couple. You know what I mean? If, like, your, your partner is smoking your weed that you bought, that's a different situation. So if she was like, you're smoking my weed. I told you about that shit. Stop doing that. You know what I mean? Like, get your own. I'm just surprised the answer wasn't, I was minding my business. Right. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like, she she pushes back. Like, I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm like some, some toxic male out here trying, I'm like, she should have talked back to other. Like, every time Malik, and also Malik's stupid as hell, so he's doing stupid stuff anyway. Yeah, he's anyway. a dumbass. He's a very dumbass. He's a dumbass as far as this movie goes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, every time he comes back asking, like, you know, why did I get in trouble for some dumb shit? Her answer is like, you should have been doing dumb shit in the first place. Stupid nigga. Versus, (laughs) stupid ass. Versus like, well, you know, like, why was she, you know, near your car? Why was she in our driveway? Why was Karen in our house? Or why was such and such? Why isn't she investigating the real problems? When she can see that Karen is a problem from a mile away. Well, it's also problematic because, like, Amani is set up to be at once, like, the hero of the movie, almost. Right. Like, she's kind of, like, yeah, the through line in terms of we're supposed to be rooting for her. But also, like, seems to be the instigator, not even of, like, her and Malik's issues, but, like, the, the sides that she takes are... The sides that she takes, ...confusing yes. because, like, she's the one that's, like... Well, I don't really want, like, because there's a difference between, hey, baby, I really don't want to have a kid. You know what I mean? For, like, practical reasons. Yeah, have a stance. You know what I mean? Like, I I have a career. I have things going on in my life. I don't really want to have a child. You know what I mean? Like, mm. not right now. You know, like, I'm I'm open to it later. You know, but right now, you know, I, I just got promoted to head blogger of whatever Stop. blog I'm blogging for. I'm blog incorporated. <laughs> or, so, or something that women actually, like a stance that women actually take, where it's just like, hey, it's my body. I really don't, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? I know we talked about that when we got married, but three years have passed and I 
I changed my mind. You know, it's I, I feel differently now. You know what I mean? Like that's a <laughs> I feel different. That's now. a character, that's how I feel. and that's a conversation. Her 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 reasoning behind not wanting to have a kid is it's racist out there, and there's pandemics happening. Is literally what she says in the movie. She tries to tie it back around to like, and you're a broke bitch who doesn't have a real job, and like I'm paying the mortgage. But, right. <laughs> but I mean, then lead. We don't quite get there, but she, she was. Yeah, but then lead with that. Be like, hey, you know what? I'm actually carrying the household right now. When you get a real job, then you can we can have a kid. But right now, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, or even just real life. You know what? the the mortality rates amongst black women pretty high i don't feel comfortable having a baby <laughs> you know what I mean like right if she had the facts, or she'd be staying on that computer if she had the facts, <laughs> there's a lot going on in the world she, <laughs> you know she pulled up some stats i'd be like you know what you make a good point babe but there's no point to be made they don't make points to this movie they just kind of like talk around topical things and then like you know what i mean because you know what really is unbelievable about this movie Hmm. Amani brings Karen a pecan pie in a clearly like a a a dit like a like a disc that she uses at her home. You know what I mean? Right. Not like uh like a Tupperware or like a disposable like this is a this probably came like my mom probably got me this dish because we moved into this nice house and Karen throws it all in the trash. She throws the pie in oh, the yeah. trash can, she throws the dish in the trash can. If I'm Amani, I'm at her house tomorrow. So you got that dish for me? This woman comes to my house without my dish, with a with a with a fugazi ass fruitcake that nobody asked for. Where's my dish? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the question. She never asks about the dish. And I'm like, I know Amani immediately yeah. the next day would be like I shouldn't have given that bitch that dish she got my dish now you know what I mean <laughs> now I gotta go talk to this woman again like god damn it you know what I mean like but she just lets her have it she never brings it up again also I've done my research and um whips and changes in original for this movie for the Karen soundtrack god damn it wow wow not only has CeeLo fallen so far that he's doing originals for the Karen soundtrack, but also, what a... It's Whips and Chains. What an ass song. Like, that is... What? You... <laughs> he thought, when he came up with it, you know, he, he's dapped up every nigga in that room. Yeah. He's like, yo, Whips and Chains. Oh, my God. You just, he's the new Martin Luther King. He's the new Malcolm X. Right. Whoa. The, Autobiography is told by CeeLo Green. This guy's, <laughs> he's, he's the new guy. And then you just hear the song and it hits so mid, it hurts. Well, because he sings it with it all is, his heart. Is, like he's at the Kennedy Center honoring Sidney Poitier or something like that. It is like, it is, it is the, um, the, the budget version of Glory by, uh, Chad oh, oh, in the Common. You know what I mean? They were like, Glory. We need some of that for this. What do you have, CeeLo? Yeah. Uh, All right. CeeLo, I can only pay you a fifth of what we paid Common and John Legend. All right, baby. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about I that. Can literally, right I can literally only pay you for the hook. Like, for what's going to be in the movie, that's all oh, I got. you only paying for the hook? 
I'm only going to give you a hook. I could pay right? for 25 seconds of CeeLo Green. <laughs> I got 25 seconds worth of inspiration for and, you. And, then, the, that's... and that's what goes on the soundtrack. When you when you play the soundtrack, it's just 25 seconds. And then it starts the next It's time. just the, the hook. <laughs> how did we go? I don't even remember how. It, you how, don't need to. How did we go from whips and chains to whips and chains, <laughs> y'all? But you know what I mean? It's it's like. So bad. But it's that's that's the that's the thesis of the movie. You know what I mean? Like that's the vibe. That's the energy of the whole movie. Because there's a lot it, of it's it is reminiscent of the beginning of White Man's Burden, where it's just black people sitting around and like dashikis and kufis and yeah. like having conversations about what black people talk about. You know what I mean? Which is like over like a four course meal, right? Where it's like you know because that's the thing. Like these are purportedly well-to-do black people living right. in a nice Atlanta suburb. And again, if you know anything about Atlanta, the suburbs of Atlanta, pretty racist. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Stone Mountain, Georgia <laughs> literally has Confederate, like, generals carved into the mountainside. Yeah, they ain't going nowhere no time soon. Right? So, like, that's what it is, you know? And this movie kind of plays it like, well, there's one racist white woman and she's not really cool. And like her brother at the police department's kind of racist, but the other cop isn't that bad. So, but everybody's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, when you kind of even, you know, it's like, no, because that's, that's the thing. I think let's give Karen like five more minutes just to talk about like the movie itself, but then move into yeah. what this movie could have and should have been. Uh, yeah. Because I think the biggest, I think the biggest failure of it is like, it it needed to be pitched three or four different ways. Like if it was like a skit, you know, like if the trailer was the movie, right? Like mm. the trailer was all that there was. And it was obviously the satirical again, like this, like it was a joke. Yeah. Like, Oh, like you liked get out. What about care? You know what I mean? Like, and it was like, mm. we're really playing it up, you yeah. know, and going for it because it, that that's not sustainable for an entire movie. Uh, right right but like none of the jokes land and like when you think about the horror elements it's not scary at all like there's a part in the beginning where amani and malik go on like a scooby-doo adventure to check the noise outside <laughs> of their home and he like gets his gun like he's about to like shoot up the block and then they just see a stray dog and like that's there's not there's not even like what did they say when they saw the dog damn dog <laughs> something like that like but it's not like there's not oh um, my god there's not any like jump scares you know what i mean like they're yeah. not even really trying to make it yeah. scary right e- even if there was some weird supernatural element to karen you know what i mean where like they kind of went over the top with it like that's an idea but like they didn't do that but then it's yeah. also not a smart movie right like it's not no. like there's nothing being said and what is this movie's intelligence does not go beyond whips and chains right to whips and chains it's really like the whole movie is operating on that level the whole movie is operating on that level and again it feels like uh you know black man who read you know who did the lebron and like read the foreword to malcolm x autobiography and then like started a podcast about being black in america you know what i mean like you got like, <laughs> <Yeah>. a, like <laughs> it's like it's like the the souls of black folks by w.e.b du bois yeah 
Du Bois. I need a. I, need, I know. W e b right? the boy. <laughs> w e b that boy. <laughs> that's the name of the podcast. Right. Oh, that's a bar. That's a bar. Oh! Stilo's like, why did I think of that? <laughs> but but that but it's like all the points are points that you already know that have been made by any other. So like any salient point the movie makes, you're just kind of like. I mean that is true, but also like you're not wrong. Duh. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> but that's why. But that's why like the scenes play the way they do. They really play like kind of segmented. Yeah. Like each microaggression is unto itself and doesn't necessarily have like a good ending. It'll just be like, okay, that part happened, yeah. and then this part happened. But then she also did this, and they also did that. I will also like, give you the- like the part where Karen is sitting on Amani's car. How she did not beat the shit out of her on site. You're right. on my car. Like she was on top of the hood. Of the roof. The roof, yeah. Her f- and slid down your window. Her feet were on the hood. She was on she the you know what I mean? Like and she like cavalierly like that. You know what I mean? Because the movie again tries to like give Amani a moment at the end where she's like beating Karen up like from the POV shot so you're like seeing like the fist come down. Oh yeah, that's so wet. And it's yeah, supposed yeah. to be like, yeah, Amani, like beat that white I'm woman up. Her ass. And it lasts yeah, for like two like... seconds before like Karen gets up and like shoots at her again. And it's like, Amani, get the gun, you dumbass. Like why are you what are you doing? <laughs> why are we why are we moving this <laughs> why are we moving like she this? She stabbed her at, she stabbed her in the leg and then stopped. <laughs> She was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, she was like, I guess that's enough. It's like, what? That's enough for like, you. You hurt, right? Why you have <laughs> Ethiopian swords on your on your wall and you're not about to cut this? She's in your home with a gun. She's in your house. You know what I mean? Like, this is... I, anyways. So, it, it just doesn't understand, like, movie language. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, dumb shit. The movie, like... It doesn't fall apart because the, the plot does have a beginning, middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, to what end? Well, so let's, yeah, there's not, again, to say that there's behind the scenes about this movie is uh, a, a, a step too far, but yeah, we know how it goes. We know what I will, I will say a few things about Coke Daniels from the mouth of Coke Daniels. <laughs> let's go. Um, because watching the interviews I did, it is clear to me that Coke Daniels is from the Tyler Perry school of filmmaking, where okay. it's like, this is a hustle. He's a hustle. He's hustling. You know what I mean? Oh my God. So, you know, in the same way that Tally Perry has learned what a film is, not necessarily yes. how to make one, but you like, got it. You got it. Yes. Just what it is and like how to monetize that. Mm-hmm. This is kind of, he's, he's coming from the same playbook because, again, he's very adamant that this is an original idea. This has nothing to do with Get Out. This was inspired by, you know, the summer of 2020. And like he, uh, you know, it's an independent black filmmaker. This hasn't like the Hollywood studio had nothing to do with this. Like this was his own vision. And like he came to the table with this. He funded all the money himself. Yada, yada, yada. But when you (laughs) when you when you actually look at the things that he says, you say, huh? So Coke Daniels in the interview was doing had the audacity to say, so the thing about writing and filmmaking is you have to have nuance. To which I say, where that at? <laughs> <laughs> to which I say, this you? <laughs> yeah, nuance? <laughs> you made 
you made Karen and you're talking to me about nuance? <laughs> you literally stole every scene from your own TikTok account, from your own <laughs> IG feed? Like, it's, it's why, because when we tell you this movie lacks subtlety at all, like, at all, again, three separate times in the movie, somebody says, wait, so her name is Karen, and she is a Karen. Wow. Like, <laughs> like, like, not only, like, it's a joke, you know what I mean? But, like. But, like, it's an affirmation. Like, they're like, oh, wow. But also, like, do you get it? Because get... it's for you. <laughs> it's for the audience. Right. That ain't for the character. The character ain't realizing nothing. Right. The character might as well look at you like Imani and Malik do at the end of the movie. You're like, did you get it? But, like, that's the thing. If it was one time, you can roll your eyes and say, okay, you know, like, you, I guess you maybe had to do it or felt compelled to do it. But, like, three times? Three separate times? You know what I mean? Yeah. And each time with the freshness and, like, the can you believe it? You know, kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> so i i i i'm gonna say that's a no for me on the subtlety of coke daniels because i no. i don't i don't think he uh you know what's the princess bride you keep using that word i don't think you know what that means <laughs> <laughs> i feel like if we had a conversation with coke daniels he would use multiple words that he didn't understand <laughs> Coke Daniels also claims that he cried watching the final cut of the film. Everyone chill. Everyone stop. And that we're done. The button. We're done with the podcast. Everybody turn up. Take off your headphones. He, he says that the movie weighed heavy on his soul. Shut the fuck up. No. No. <laughs> what? Now, here's the thing that I think you'll find interesting, Cameron. Coke Daniels thought them, the series on Amazon, was, and I quote, dope. And he also yeah. was a big fan of everything that Lena Waithe has done. Uh, which I think will. That tracks. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say might key you in a little bit to how this movie goes. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I had a little bit more lead weight in there. I, I gotta, I gotta get that. I gotta get her out of there. Well, because the thing is, I know you know people might think we dump on lead weight uh, a bit, a bit too much. But the thing about the movie she's made and uh, about this movie in particular, again, is like mm-hmm. I think people want to give stuff like this points for like right. being a thing and it's like i think i think i'll go even more so because lena Waite does do the thing she wants to be direct yeah she's tired of these shows half-assing around the issues no matter what they be right the shy right is basically the wire but getting to the issues right. like forget a Forget about the nuance of the police and the people and the you know human error of it all no Cops is cops, people are people, and everybody does bad things. Right. Right? Them is like racism was racism, y'all. And, and we just gonna make racism into an American horror story. Right. Call it American horror story, racism. Because that's <laughs> what that show is. Every scare in them is like basically black people living their lives. Like yeah. You just put them in a situation where it was heightened for five seconds. Like, they have to look over the shoulders. Like, black people do. Right. I, I'm i just... I And I think Coke took that part of the playbook. The the unsubtlety yeah. of Lena Waite's playbook. And just, like, dialed it up. Yeah. Because 
all these scenes, like I said earlier, are play like an IG feed, honestly. The scene where they film Karen, it, like, the angle is even perfect. Like, they're looking down at her, the angle is above her a little bit, so it's like that warped fisheye mm-hmm. lens. And she looks just like that chick from January 6th with the <laughs> onion in her face talking about she was crying. Like, it's the same vibes. It feels the exact same way. So, if right. anything, if anything, the, the, if any, emotion is elicited from watching Karen or from watching Lena Waithe it's like from watching Lena Waithe programs it's the same feeling you get when you watch these things in the real world well so there's no there's no like specifically nuance for you to take any type of lesson or like you know message from the project because the project just showed you what the real world already is and the thing about or what yeah what what Coke Daniels was was saying in the interviews that i watch was you know oh people were telling me oh like you know watching this movie was almost too real it was like you know watching the things that i've seen on you know instagram or like play out you know on the screen and it's like but like you're saying cam but that like but literally though like you're literally just taking those things and recreating them in film without context or without any elaboration on top of so they're just happening you know what I mean? And it's like, I guess that's, yeah, like we were saying, like, you're making the points that I guess you have a point in the sense of, like, that is a thing that does happen. But, like, what are you saying? What though? are you saying? You know, because, like, that's, yeah. it, I mean, that's why I say this whole movie is that whips and chains bar writ large. <laughs> because, like, when you, when you write that bar, sure, maybe, maybe, right? Yeah. But then when you say it five times... When you say what it five really times, and the movie, again, like, continuously refers to the main characters as woke, as, yep. like, socially active and aware, and as, like, you know what I mean? And, like, all of these things that, like, come off, like, Fox News buzzwords, and then are never, act like, Malik is dumb. <laughs> right? Like, I, yeah. I don't think Malik is reading any books. I don't think oh, Malik no. is is involved in any like he's involved in the community he's center. He's a man child of anything. That's the weirdest part. I'm like, how'd you get a house nigga? Yeah, well, like, he's involved in the community center, but he's I don't think he's involved in the community. You know what I mean? Like I don't think he's doing anything because the way that he was talking was like, uh, again, like a nigga in a Tyler Perry movie. It's like, baby, look, once I get the STEM program going. We're gonna be good. Like, why can't you we just be let all right? Me, you know what I mean? Like, you're. Why don't you just go cook me dinner instead of like yeah. let me eat these damn apples? You know what I mean, you're gonna end up with a dark skinned man, and he's gonna beat you. <laughs> he's gonna beat you. Take your money and take your take your mortgage. And you're gonna have AIDS. <laughs> and you're gonna get AIDS. So, and all I was just trying to do was be a black all, man. All I was trying to be a strong black man in the community and start a STEM program for the kids. And you just couldn't let that happen. And you just couldn't <laughs> let that happen with your dark skin. So, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It feels like a Tyler Perry movie, right? Where Tyler Perry movies like have the veneer of blackness and like the veneer of a message. But then when you watch it and you think about it, you're like, what? Like what happened? <laughs> on top of which, on top of which, and this is where it gets a little icky. But like, they be telling on themselves. Mm-hmm. Like Tyler Perry, we all know he's telling on himself. Yeah. Look, you, you, I don't have to go into yeah. that. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> and Lena Waits projects feel like she be telling on herself. Mm-hmm. Like even the queer coded stuff yeah. is like, guys, I I know you feel a certain type of way about your human experience, and that is valid. 
And that's why we have art. Right. <laughs> to convey these messages, to add nuance to uh, what feels so binary in real life, right? To give you some context, to give people who don't live your experience some context. Right. But what Lena Waithe and Coke Daniels and Tyler Perry are more concerned with is like telling you what you doing to people like me sucks so bad. Right. And you making my life real hard. Well, but also it's like, again, I don't want to, in Tyler Perry's case, we, we can, we can say it a little bit more definitively, but like, you know, there, there's a certain capitalizing on mm. either what is, what is not, around you know what i mean like like seizing in on the vacuum that's been left over to say well you want black content so here's that you know what i mean like i i'm giving it i am black and this is content so (laughs) here you go you know because like tally perry came up in the area where it was like this is the black movie daddy's girls you can see that or not but that's all you're gonna get but that's the choice (laughs) i actually Tyler Perry is a, 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 a kind of a weird inflection point in black cinema because, like, you don't get a Karen without, yeah, honestly, Tyler Perry specifically. Yeah. Like, you, you, this, it's part of the pipeline. Right. I think you illustrated that earlier too. But to reiterate, like, this is the the pipeline went from. Tyler Perry talk about his feelings, yeah. you know, talk about like literally how he felt about how his community held him, you know, mm-hmm. as a, however he wants to define himself <laughs> as a black man. Um, but, and, and then making these like morality tales mm-hmm. out of like the different aggressions he's come up against in his life or maybe women in his life or yeah. maybe, again, draw your own conclusions. Right. But, where Coke Daniels kinds of messes up. He, he even messes up that formula because these aggressions that we're experiencing in the Karen movie happen to have been the deaths of multiple people, mm-hmm. right? And that's serious. Yeah. That's, again, as serious as death, right? right. So, like, we, there, it's, it's not no laughing when, uh, the kids get arrested and it just so happens he has a civil rights lawyer for a dad. Right. Like you just put a kid into the prison system and the prison system has already got its own problems. So fucked right. up. You just did that because you could. Right. And that like in the movie, ha ha, like luckily there's like a part two to that and it doesn't end badly, mm-hmm. but there are so many people for whom it ends badly yes. for whom it's not a joke. And so when you have the slave song, and then you also got like CeeLo talking yeah. about, talk, and also that song is fucking like uh, respectability politics. Too. Oh yeah, it's like how we go from whips and chains to whips and chains. It's like, look what? to to quote, give, give me a break. To quote Hood Laureate Audrey Three Thousand, right? Oh God, is every nigga with dreads for the cause? Is every nigga with goals for the fall? Nah, nah, right, <laughs> right, right. And, I mean, also. I like how you kept it in the goodie box. So I really appreciate that. Uh, or at least in the Dutch family. Right. Um, but, but yeah, you're right. I, I feel like this movie just reeks of that, you know, all 
kinfolk ain't skinfolk. E, yeah. All, all, all skinfolk ain't kinfolk. So I think we need to like. I, I think we we as much as like even like there are parts of Karen that I enjoy. Sure. And and, and it, it's silly and stupid. But I think it it muddles its message way too much, oh, yeah. and it doesn't. It just doesn't understand like blackness at large. Mm-hmm. Is it interested in blackness at large? Yeah, it's more interested in like isn't this Karen crazy? Well, so because uh, we're we're we've talked about Karen too much. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. You know, so I I do want to move on quickly, but I do want to point out sure, two sure. two scenes in the movie that are just like two more scenes that we didn't talk about that i was just like yes excuse me so the first one is <laughs> karen has come out for whatever reason we don't really get any explanation she runs up to malika namani's trash can she knocks them over she she <laughs> coke daniels <laughs> follows her all the way back to the house yep <laughs> love that love that choice you know by the mean? way like we just so it's like like Terry manning is like huffing it back to the house and it's like about you know maybe like 30 35 feet so she's like has to walk all the way from the edge of the curb all the way back to the house i, I definitely call this out because it felt like a choice a little bit but he doesn't even go all the way with the choice because he cuts and then he goes back and amani comes out checks on the trash can this little white girl walks up we presume her to be Karen's daughter, who we've never seen before. Uh, mm-hmm. She comes up and she starts. This is her only scene in the movie. This, by yeah. the way. She's not even in the window. No. Not You never see her with Karen. She comes up to Amani and she's like, what are you doing? And it's like, bitch, I'm picking up trash. <laughs> like, what? like, look at me. What do you think is happening? <laughs> she's like, oh, you know, my trash cans fell over. Those dogs, whatever. Like, you know, I'm picking it up. And the little girl's like, can I help you? And Amani's like, again. Not like a regular black woman would be like, honey, I don't know your mom. I don't know where you came from. I don't want you to, <laughs> you know, because she- see instantly I knew, right? I knew you shouldn't actually help me. You should actually like go home or something. Well, because like she's right? like, there's glass in here. So like, imagine if she gets cut, like anything happens, it's on me. So yeah, maybe you I don't want to be responsible for you at all. But like that, Boom. that particularly That's anybody's response, <laughs> right. but she's like okay i guess you could help me clean up and so she's cleaning up and she's like asking her about you know herself which is like oh i'm in third grade i even have a boyfriend and she's like oh like tell me about him and she's like well he's a lakers fan uh and she's like also he's black and amani's response is you mean kobe bryant who is dead that's a crazy that's a crazy (laughs) line who who is at, at this time when the movie comes out has passed away. Has passed. So that's has not died. even what. That's insane. I don't even know how that could be a response. I actually, yeah. <laughs> but then she's like, no, my boyfriend is black. <laughs> and so the movie doesn't say it, but it does infer that this little girl is talking to Amani because she has a black boyfriend. And I think is either A, trying to be an ally, which is weird at uh, for a third grader, uh, or two, yeah. is like, trying to like learn about black people from her black neighbor to apply that information yeah. to her black boyfriend both yeah. not good <laughs> but there's a shot where like they go back and forth between this little white girl's face and amani's face as almost like 
the Michael Jackson black and white video. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally forgot. Yeah, so the 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 shot choice is really crazy because yes, so from uh, Karen pushing over the cans to uh, the little girl coming back, and then them having that conversation is a, a single take. So it looks like yeah. it's a long just shot, and it feels like a choice because like if you're gonna let yeah. the camera run that long, you've rehearsed the scene, you've done it all right. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to that stark, <laughs> like, it's like a close-up of both of them, like, we are humans, yeah. water in the stream, like, da-da-da-da-da, all this profound mumbo-jumbo, faux profound yeah. mumbo-jumbo. And then it cuts away because then Karen is like, what are you doing? Get your ass away for that nigga. Yeah. I wish this movie would have just broke it up with that. Yeah. Would have just like, get away from that nigga. But, but. Then we get another amazing shot where Karen is smoking a blunt in her, I guess, like security room. Yeah, but what is she's that? Like, is she smoking weed? Yeah, she looks like she's smoking. She's a blunt. smoking a blunt, but but she, I think, what the movie is inferring is has a her home security system is connected to a projector Project screen, yeah. behind her, which is projecting onto the wall onto her. and she's watching it in like a theater style seating area while she smokes a blunt <laughs> yeah which is a crazy visual it feels like two things <laughs> it feels like that scene in cape fear yeah with the smoking and the <laughs> it feels like that but then it also feels like we didn't have money to install like a fucking CCTV room. So just give her a big ass television, dog. Give her a big ass projector, right? Or just project it on the wall so it looks big when we shoot it. I don't know. Anyways, uh... hey, I didn't say Coke had been to any film school whatsoever, but these are choices that he made. Coke Daniels to me when he was talking sounds like a nigga that just finished Save the Cat. And it's like telling you about how to make a movie. Oh, bro. Chapter six. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in my movie, but. Um, well, speaking of that, very quickly, let's. Do you have a reimagining for Karen? Yeah, sure. This movie could succeed. It just It just needs more effort. That's the. We're tearing it apart. Cameron's notes, more effort. Bro. Big fucking red highlighter on the front. More effort. Try again. He said this was the ninth pass. Stop! <laughs> no, there's no way. There's no way. I don't know. There's no way. Because all of these, every scene feels like the first idea. Yeah. Every scene, every dialogue choice feels like the first idea. Nobody, nobody talks like people in this movie talk. It is it is wild. <laughs> she literally the I I mean we're, you're it's a podcast so you can't see but the way she's typing in her laptop when she's talking about she's blogging, she's blogging. is like she is looking at the wall, bro. She is not looking at not a computer, not a tap 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 tap. Oh, cool. there's so much happening done. in the world. <laughs> there's so much happening. This movie, every directorial choice feels like a a lazy choice mm-hmm. but like a choice he thought was like so inspired it, it, yeah. it just it just it reeks of like i haven't seen a single movie but i wanted to make yeah. it desperately well because i love the idea of movies. he said this is also like his eighth or ninth film that's shut, shut, <laughs> stop <laughs> saying this stuff to me jordan 
There's no way. There's no way he put he did because again, night pass didn't mean somebody else read it and oh, then he gave yeah. it back to him. There's no way somebody else would have been like the black woman said that. <laughs> the black female character and, said and that she, about her own situation. And she let Karen keep the dish. Didn't didn't try and to get it back. She. <laughs> admonished him for smoking weed in his own car in his own driveway she came out and karen was on her car and she said let's have a calm conversation <laughs> let's have a conversation yeah, yeah. okay uh, <laughs> yeah my my notes would be similar to the notes i had for Candyman, which i think i talked about that when we did the Candyman podcast where mm-hmm, i was like mm-hmm. what i wanted from that movie was for like the white people to move into Cabrini Greece, which had been torn down, right? And then like they built new high rise condos over it. And they're like, oh, Candyman, he <laughs> Candyman. Like let's let let's call Candy. What a joke. Yeah, let's call him. And the black people who still live there are like, nigga, don't, don't say that. Do that. Don't you don't want that. You know, so Candyman's like We already know. Candyman's killing all the gentrifiers, right? And the black people who still live there are kind of like reliving the horror of Candyman. Like he's he's been brought back to life because these white people won't mind their own fucking business. And now they're living in my neighborhood, and now I have to worry about Candyman again. When that nigga was that dying. honestly feels like the whole like woke thing that happened. Like woke was amongst the black people, yeah. and then white people took it, and then was like woke is like it's it's amongst them it's good, yeah. but it's bad. Right. Like it's a bad idea. Yeah. And then now woke, I just don't want it. Yeah. I don't want it anymore. You keep it. Uh- <laughs> you keep it and burn it. So we, no one has to say it ever again. No one gets it. But for this, it's like have it be have it be almost the reverse, right? Where like this white woman moves into this predominantly black neighborhood, yeah, and she's got she's got she doesn't like the way things are. You know what I mean? She's got ideas and things about you know how how things should be. Maybe she's married to a black man, so she feels like she can say these things to black people. Um, but there's like a supernatural element to it because like Karen is like Karen's like the boogeyman, right? Like she's kind of everywhere. Like you keep seeing her around, you know what I mean? Or like she keeps popping up when you least expect her or like, um, you know, because the thing about Karen's in real life is in the wild (laughs) is that when they do appear, right, it's, it's unprovoked. Like you're just minding your own fucking business. And then here comes this woman, accusing you of something asking you why are you parking your car here can i see identify right. you know what i mean so it's like it's not like you were like being suspicious in any way shape or you were just black somewhere and like this woman has decided that she's gonna ask questions about you um but also like you know having it be like you know these because again like the black characters in this movie feel like literally like what karen says in the scene where she's talking to her friend uh in the restaurant because her friend asks well tell me about your new neighbors and she says well they're black they're black and like i think that's all we know is like "Mm, they're black so i guess (laughs) what else do you need to know right and i (laughs) I don't even know their job yet they haven't told the movie yet they haven't told me yet the audience so and i'm supposed to care about them right giving giving these characters some dimensionality and some some thought or some feeling Right. Because, again, like that's that's what it is, is this woman is moving into your space, into your neighborhood, into where you feel safe and comfortable. And she's trying to. I'm making your shit. Yeah. Trying to change things and like having that again, ha- adding the supernatural element to it where she's literally like haunting you, you know, everywhere you go. is like 
that's an idea, right? Like, you know, yeah. there's there's ways to execute that, but like that's gives you more of a premise to work on than just like, but what if this white lady was like a little bit racist and then and then somehow we justify it by having her husband be killed by a black vigilante and also black people sold crack in her neighborhood so her childhood was bad. Like the ninth draft, dude, that literally sounds like I'm mad lit. Can you tell me? Can I get a movie about the black vigilante? Because I like I like how that sounds. Yeah, <laughs> and name it the black vigilante. I'll I watch need it. more. I need more about that. Uh, elaborate, Coke Daniels. <laughs> um, you know what? That's the sequel. Well, we we've had thoughts about Karen, but um, let's see what everybody else thought. I will very briefly mention too. I am not all too familiar with Karen Manning, but uh, it's not looking good for your girl recently because she was one uh, defending old boy from uh, that 70s show and talking about how people have it all wrong. He made a mistake. He apologized for raping women. I guess that's all you have to do now is say you're sorry. Uh, Danny Masterson, right? Like, you know, I feel like Similar to Ashton and Mila, maybe just I don't know. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> don't defend rapists. And I think you don't have to say you know, anything. Y'all can yeah. just shut the fuck up, friend or not. Yeah, we know y'all friends. Y'all was on TV together. Y'all sure. look like y'all was friends, right? But you know, like, stop talking. Yeah, your friend is also a rapist. So <laughs> your friend's a, a guaranteed rapist. Your friend's a convicted. So rapist. that's the end of that sentence. There's nothing else that's- to talk about. <laughs> For real, like, the convicted should have said enough for you. That's like defending fucking any serial rapist. Yeah, but she has displayed certain characteristics as of late that, uh, I don't know. I got questions. She was very much, she said that she made this movie almost as, like, a social obligation. Like, she felt she had to do her part to contribute to changing the world were her words not mine but (laughs) damn it because i thought she was being clever and like using her problematic persona in hollywood to just lend Mm. a little bit of credibility to an already weird movie it sounded like she took it because she got to be the lead uh We all got it. We all got our vices, baby. Anyways, I, got, I get it, Taryn. I get it. Out of ten, what do you think? Don't we all want to be the lead? Karen has on IMDb currently. IMDb. Yeah. That's two point five. Three point one. Three point. All right, that's fine. But yeah, let me see if I can find. Um, five star reviews. Yeah, let me see if there's any five star reviews right here. Let me. I didn't yeah. look at the trivia before. Let me see. Um, no, none of this is good. None of this is necessary. We're going to cut all this. Uh, <laughs> Did you know Coke Daniels graduated from Tyler Perry University? Atlanta Community College of <laughs> no. Tyler Perry University. Diary of a Black Woman uh, <laughs> Community College. Diary of a Mad Black Woman Community College. Uh, let's, let's, find a, let's find a 10 star review here. Oh, my God. Okay. Hit dogs will holler. Anyone who has ever dealt with Karen or ever seen a Karen story or video on the internet relate to this movie. The people in the comments trashing the movie? Karen's. That's the only reason they hated the movie. It's relevant and on point. The end. Period. 
uh, from Coke Daniel's mom two five six. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> I was just, I was just like direct, loud, and wrong. Yeah. Uh, very accurate. This was too close to home. The condo building I live in is run by a Karen in Columbia, Maryland. I will watch a second, maybe third time. Chances are the one-star reviews are mad because the Karen phenomena is exposed. Life-changing. After watching this movie, we decided to not name our child Karen. It took this movie? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It took this movie for you to make that choice? Going over to Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think Karen has out of 100%? 18%. The, the critics had had trashed this. 17%. So, very close. Oh! Uh, for once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the reviews, Karen can only pat itself on the back for making a movie about the tyranny of a Karen, but it doesn't bring on any critical thinking to its own conversation. Which, oh, very true. Uh, like this review. Uh, considering that there's not a single twist or surprising moment, Karen fails as a thriller. Given that it delivers its message with all the subtlety of a meme, it fails as a cultural critique as well. Uh, so critics not loving it. Let's see if there is a one. Called it a meme. Yeah. Uh, the only positive one. Uh, I do feel that Karen is actually a decent effort and a decent example of what a Karen is, which I think is useful to the world. It's kind of trashy, but fun in the exploitation film kind of way. So even the positive review is like, yeah, this movie ain't good, but you know, this movie is bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and going over to our absolute favorite, Amazon.com. What do you think Karen has out of 19,754 reviews? That's a lot of reviews. That's a, reviews. That's, that's a big number. Um, four and a half. 4.1 out of five stars. Uh, but, wow. But 60% five star. You know what I have to do start doing with Amazon? I have to think of my actual number that I want it to be <laughs> and then make that the percentage. Yeah. Or make that the, the, the decimal point. So four point, however I actually feel. Uh, let's read a review. This this is fucking Coke Daniels wrote this review because this is like four paragraphs. Dog, I got read that. There's another four paragraph. What the hell? They had a lot. Nineteen thousand reviews, by the way. Yeah, a lot. A lot of people had a lot to say about a movie that didn't have a lot to say. Uh, boy, I'm not reading any of these because these are all of these are long. There's one that is. <laughs> give me give me an excerpt give me, give I'll, me, give me I'll an read the beginning of this uh, I'm happy the trailer for this spread like wildfire over the internet so it found its way to my screen the Karen trailer is almost the king the kind, the king of over the top on the nose exploitation TV movie trailers I watched it over and over until my laughing calmed down I knew I'd have to see this movie as soon as I could uh, director Cook Daniels who is that Cardi B's brother and then Taryn Manny who I only remember seeing in tabloids as Karen holy crap she's looking some She's looking the part and sounds like she's into the liquor and smokes a pack a day. This is the beginning paragraph. I think we'll cut this too, but uh, needless yeah. to say, <laughs> needless to say, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, that still feels like 4.1 out of, like, as, even as trash goes, there's better trash. There's better you trash. You know what I mean? So go watch Bird Demon. Go watch any of those black movies. Again, When the Bow Breaks. Uh, oh yeah, go go watch motives. Go y'all. watch motives. Go watch no good deed. Go watch the perfect guy. The perfect just, guy. Just just look at Tubi, and you'll see very quickly. Yeah, look look under black anything. Black thriller. Black suspense. Look at look at Twa. Uh, Twa. Oh, <laughs> I saw Twa too. Yeah, there's Twa too. Look at some of these movies are wild and, and off the wall, but like enjoyable if you like trash. 
This one, yeah, I mean, trashy. you probably find your boy Corey Hardick in a couple yeah, of them. Oh, I'm sure. Um, so that's what other people had to say about Karen, but it's time for us to put this on our capacity ranking meter. But we've, we've, we've spookified it a little bit for the, uh, the holiday season. So these are going to be three slightly different levels. The first level mm-hmm. is tripping and falling, right? And that's, you know, white people trip and fall in horror movies all the time. All the time. For nothing. They're not. Literally, it, it might as well be their first movie. Yeah. Not to escape, <laughs> but to trip over themselves before escaping. It's, it's usually their own feet. It's not a log or a chair. It's just they just fall over. Never, not even their own shoelaces? Yeah, they just straight to the ground. And this isn't hurting me because it's, it's literally hurting you. You're the one falling over. I'm, yeah. I've already left. I've not stuck around. I'm hopefully far away. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sticking around to see what's about to happen. Yeah. Uh, you've decided to investigate, uh, but I, I've left. But this is level one. Yeah, no harm is being done. It's just a curiosity. Why, why, why do you keep falling over? Somebody give me an answer. Cameron, what's the second level? <laughs> the second level of Caucasity today is uh, splitting up. Mm. Because in this case, when they split up, they're usually not partnering with us. <laughs> They're usually leaving us behind. Yeah. It's usually like five people, and then Shaniqua has been left to uh, pair up mm. with the flashlight. Yeah, with the pepper spray. Or the pepper spray. Hey, Shaniqua, take the pepper, pepper spray. Shaniqua, you, you yeah, watch the door while we go investigate the house. Yeah. Shaniqua, watch the car while we go investigate the spooky Watch house. the last place we saw the killer at while we go... <laughs> What two of us are about to have sex? Yeah, two of us are going to go in this room and have sex. Shaniqua, you sit outside the room, and make sure nothing happens to us. Um, and, and that's what happens: yeah. they split up, leave us behind, yeah. and you know, as we know, black people. I'm so sorry to say, nine yeah, times out of ten, yeah. we ain't making it out of that situation. But this is the situation where you know they're putting us in danger. It's problematic. We might even be able to escape. They might even. You know, split up, and we might be LL Cool J and Deep Blue Sea. Mm. We might just escape yeah. and, and live through the whole thing. Right. You know, there's a chance, but in this case, they know what when when they split up, they were like, "Well, let's split up with everybody except for Shaniqua because <laughs> she she might die." Um, and and we know what's happening yeah. here. You know, it, it it's it's not too bad because they did split up and you know try to give us a way out, and it's up to us to find that right. way out. How about that? I'll say. And the third level is investigating because uh, white people love to investigate and well, typically did i hear a noise yeah Ooh, let's go find let's it go out. towards the danger and not even just towards the danger but usually the investigating and instigating is what makes shit worse right if you had yes. just left that creepy thing in the basement alone you know like beginning of the evil dead why would you go in the basement why would you touch that book go to the highest point yeah. house go to the opposite whatever the opposite direction is from the noise Go there leave. and go as far to there as possible. Go leave, leave a leave a bad Airbnb review. Uh, Necronomicon <laughs> in the basement would not recommend. Yes, leave it, <laughs> leave it closed, leave it closed, and don't read any of the words. No. I know it's a book. Don't read it. Because uh, if you would just stop, none of this would happen, right? But you but probably you, would live to the but end. But you you have to push it, and that usually is what puts us in danger. And you kind of know what you're doing, right? You you this at that point, no, you definitely know yeah. what you're doing. This, no, this is an accident. You you were just too so curious. You had to know, uh, and that resulted in so many people dying. Uh, so, Karen, it resulted in deaths. <laughs> Karen, what would you give Karen out of those three levels? 
Oh, this is investigating. This is <laughs> this is this is an investigation, and we stayed around multiple days on the crime scene. Yeah, this is actually no. We didn't even put no effort into the damn crime scene. We threw some tape. We just rolled the tape across the ground and just was like decided decided to start snooping. Yeah. This is bad and bad for people. <laughs> but if you have if you <laughs> if you don't listen to Stephen A. Smith and you know get a little bit of that weed in your system, get a little, a little bit of that whiskey in your system, or you're just out here to have a good time, you kind of might have. Like an okay, yeah. funny time laughing at people make bad decisions in this movie, but it is bad. I mean, Cameron, we can't say it enough, right? Stay off the weed! <laughs> it's all, it only leads to trouble. It only leads to trouble. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree mostly in the sense of again we knew this was coming right when get out was such a huge success we knew there would be niggas like coke daniels out here who are like i could do that oh i got something for y'all <laughs> oh y'all want to see that okay uh karen i got it we got it you know he was just like CeeLo in the studio he's like i got a banger i got a banger for you i mean for chains and whips to change the whips alone that's that's a level two. Like we're already at two. So, <laughs> but, but everything else, because because it's the kind of thing where I think yes, Coke Daniels did not do this through a Hollywood studio, but it it is it is yeah. I mean, salute to him for hustling and getting the movie made. Like we're not yeah. we're not gonna talk down on him for you know not even just being ambitious but for like you know making movies is difficult yeah no for real making movies is probably one of the hardest things and he he's made nine apparently <laughs> okay. wow um i gotta do something i gotta get my shit together um but yeah he saw this thing to, through to the end yeah we can't we gotta give him credit where at least that credit is he, he got it picked up you know what i mean uh like and he had an idea like this is uh, again it's an idea. Right, right. He wanted to make a movie about a killer Karen who was out here doing some crazy but stuff. But that's the thing. Do that. Like, Karen is killing people, right? Like, do it. People, yeah. people are disappearing in the neighborhood. This black woman has, has identified Karen as the killer, right? But, like, nobody right. believes her because Karen is everyone's favorite neighbor or, you know what I mean? Like... Or because she's white and no nobody believes right. black people when they tell it on black on, on white people when we tell it on. So you know, like that's that's the thing. Like the movie is just literally, if you saw the trailer, if you even heard the name, that's the movie. You've seen the whole that's movie, it. beginning to end. But it's an hour and a half, and like we just keep hitting the same nail on the head again and again and again. Yeah. And I think you know, in that, in in it's because it's not necessarily perpetrating negative stereotypes no and that's that that's one of the things i do have to say to this movie's credit it like it's not stereotypical or like the joke isn't at black people's expense which is what i did worry about yeah for like the first like 15 minutes i was like this movie could go there but it is like like you were saying cameron i don't even know if it's if it's intentionally making light of actual things that have happened to black people right. 
but yeah. it's like it's mixing the metaphors so wildly that like you yeah. end up with just like this and then ben crump gives you know like <laughs> Uh, ending speech over a smooth jazz rendition of <laughs> America the Beautiful, <laughs> and it's and it and that actually happens. And, and, and the two main characters look at the camera as if like niggas live here now. You know what I mean? Like we, <laughs> this is it. This is your worst nightmare, America. Here we are in your white suburbs yeah, the, having babies. The, you know? <laughs> the dirtiest deeds are done in the last five minutes of this movie. Really. Yeah. So you know, like it's a lot about nothing. You know, yeah, and, and I think that you know when you we talk about this too, right? Like black art doesn't necessarily need to have a point, you know. Like it doesn't have to be something that has a message, where it's just like, mm-hmm. oh man, you know, thanks, brother, for doing. Also, nobody says brother as straight and as like as like flavorless not even just flavorless but like with the intention that black people say it is. I have never but hey, brother what's up <laughs> you know what i mean like the way that they say it to each other in this movie is like are you in a secret society or like hey brother yeah you know what i mean like you sound like a cue like you sound like you're in like a yeah <laughs> my brother listen <laughs> my brother my good brother you know it's like what um but yeah i think you know it's a lot of nonsense i got a lot of hype it's not worth the hype the only it's not worth the you hype. know it did get some award nominations uh for the Golden Raspberries of 2022, there you go. it got nominated for Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Actress, Worst Screenplay, Worst Prequel, re- Remake, or Ripoff, or Sequel. But it didn't win? Did it, it didn't it win? It got nominated for all of those. I, I could look at the winners off when we're done, but yeah. Sure. But that's, that's it got recognized for that. Uh, so, um, but yes, uh, as we as we close things out, uh, Cameron, tell everybody where they can find you on the internet, not X or Twitter for long, but uh, all the other places. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> for now, it's going to be IG. You can find me at the Blipster eleven thirty eight on IG um, and TikTok um, at the Blipster eleven thirty eight. I think I'm pretty sure. Um, also, watch there because hopefully in the coming weeks we'll have a little bit of TikTok content. Hopefully, we're going in the video direction. Nice. Soon. Yep. Uh, which means I, I probably need to. I'm I'm camera appropriate, I guess, right now. But like, I should I maybe have to put a little bit more effort into. Uh, you nah, know, man. You, good, <laughs> you doing good, baby? As long as you don't wear green in front of green screens, I think yes, you're yes, great. That's fair. Um, there you go. Yeah, and you can find me at jrsosa eighteen jrsosa one eight on Twitter for now. Uh, and mostly Instagram, and then TikTok is still a mystery to me. You know, I'm trying to figure it out. There's Threads, there's Blue Sky, there's all these other places. I'm just kind of waiting to see where the cards fall, what people you know eventually gravitate towards. So wherever that is, you'll eventually find me there. Um, Black people, tell us. Yeah, tell us where y'all gonna be at. We'll we'll follow. We'll follow the great the great social media migration to wherever we end up at. The great social media migration. No, we'll, f- we'll follow you to whatever the Chicago of social media is. Um, follow, the, follow the North Star. No, that I mean, if that happens to be the new social media platform, the North Star, I guess we'll end up there. No, <laughs> no. Um, 
but yes, you can follow us for now at uh, white underscore pod on Twitter X uh, until that implodes. Until Elon tries to charge us a dollar for what's already free. You know what I mean? Give me a dollar. Nigga. <laughs> that should be the. How about you pay me a dollar to be on X? Oh, pay me, nigga. You from Africa? Yeah. Pay me. Um. Yeah, but that'll do it for for us this Halloween. Uh, and we'll be back uh, very shortly with more Caucasity. Peace. Oh, nigga. <laughs>